0: Every 13-year-old boy should receive a kit to polish his wood, broomstick, for his birthday. And they should think hard about it, in extreme detail, when they're getting worked up. They should also be able to turn horrendous bullies into a human blimp at will. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the re-binge podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I was incredibly late on, like Harry Potter, where despite being the same age as movie Harry, I didn't read this series through till my mid-twenties. Now I'm going back to Hogwarts, deep diving what's on the page, answering the hardest hitting questions in the fandom like, what did Dumbledore know and when? Why does Harry only learn two spells? And are there any competent adults in the wizarding world? Today... We continue our binge of the Harry Potter books with Prisoner of Azkaban, chapters 1 and 2. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. This series wrapped up in 2007. If you haven't read them by now, you're even later than I was. There will also be adult language. You can buy them in the kids' section at the bookstore, but I didn't read them until I was a grown-ass man. Shout-out to... Alex, and Cade, the Bonus Binge Squad. If you want to get shout-outs in each episode as well as access to bonus episodes and other cool benefits, check out patreon.com slash belated binge. I got to say, I am super stoked to be back. Um, It has been so much fun to start the binges of The Office as well as Sons of Anarchy. Those are like... One is an absolute classic all-time comedy. Um, one of my favorite comfort shows in the comedy realm that I nearly missed out on. And Sons of Anarchy, it might be my favorite show of all time. Uh, it's definitely my favorite drama of all time. And I almost missed it. And that is all well and great. But it is awesome to be back on the Potter Binge as well. And kicking off, Prisoner of Azkaban. Some might argue that this is when the series started to pick up a little bit, uh, start moving away from children's series and into that more young adult. Uh, I don't care what your thoughts, feelings, opinions are on that particular um, part. <laughs> I am just happy to. Uh, to get back rolling into it. And I'm super stoked that you're here and you've been here uh, from the jump. This is the series that started the podcast over a year ago. Um, So, yeah, in case you're obliviated or you got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white liquidy substance of our pensive in the first two Harry Potter books. Well, Harry was an orphan boy. He learned he was a magic boy, he got to leave his awful, abusive family, uh, for lack of a better way to put them, aunt, uncle, cousin, awful, awful humans. He got to go to magic school, uh, turns out a serial killer wants to kill him, and he does the adult's job and saves the school from impending doom from a chamber deep, deep, deep underneath. And then the second book, well, the same thing, the same thing. But this third one, it's going to be different. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it'll be different. It'll be different. Uh, so let's let's jump right into Priori Incan chapter. We've reached the point where our wands connect, not the tips, just the streams. So we can recap what went down in the chapter we just read. In this case, two chapters. Uh, we're gonna start with chapter one, Owlpost. And well, <laughs> nothing really happens. Uh, a lot of reminding us that Harry Potter's that special magic boy that I mentioned. His parents are dead. His family that he lives with hates magic and hates him. Uh, But he has cool magic friends at magic school, and we can't wait to go back. Uh, It is his birthday, as it often is in the first chapter of these books, kind of a formula that we've learned by now. Uh, And he's doing homework in the summertime, which is something I don't remember doing well ever. Not one time did I... Do I? I don't think I did one single homework assignment during the summer. I was probably supposed to, uh, but I don't remember ever, 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 ever doing that. Um, it's a good thing adults are listening to this podcast. If you're not an adult, if you're in school right now, don't, don't, don't do that. Do your homework. Anyways. Um, It mentions that his school stuff was all locked underneath the cupboard under the stairs, which is where he used to sleep uh, before magic school. And it says he picked the lock. How'd he pick the lock? We've been with Harry for two books now. Uh, We've seen Fred and George pick a lock. We've never seen Harry pick a lock. We've never seen uh, Fred and George teach Harry. How to pick a lock. how do he pick the lock? Anyway, uh, Ron's call to the Dursleys as well, uh, where Harry gave him the phone number and said, yeah, give me a call, which Harry should have known better. Uh, but, you know, we needed the comedic moment uh, in the recap of the chapter. I think it would have been a very, very worthy addition to the movie. Uh, and I hope that it is present in the TV series whenever that happens. I just think it'd be really funny to see the actor playing Vernon Dursley with the phone like at arm's length just looking furious trying to figure out why there's a child screaming at him on the other end that doesn't know how to work a telephone. I just think that's a funny, funny bit. It would have been great in the movies. But it's one of the many things we didn't get and that I hope we get in the new TV series that is supposed to be coming. He did, however, get birthday cards this year and presents. Uh, It was very deliberate about saying that he's, like, never gotten a, a birthday card or whatever. I think that I call bullshit on that a little bit here. Um... And it might be semantics, but I do recall the only reason he wasn't getting his mail in the second book is because a house elf put a stop on his address at the post office and was intercepting all of his owls. But didn't he end up getting a stack of his mail from Dobby when it was all said and done? And didn't it have, like, wouldn't it have had something that said happy birthday in it? You know what, now that I'm going down this... Um, I think I'm gonna retract my bullshit because I think what I'm actually doing is mixing the movie and the book together. I think in the book Dobby does present, or not in the book, but in the movie Dobby actually does like hold a stack of letters. I don't actually think that happened in the book. I'm just mixing things up like people do in this fandom all the time and I apologize to you for that. It's been a long time since I've now read the the beginning chapters of Chamber of Secrets. Let's move on. So Ron sent him a sneakoscope for his birthday in a letter explaining how it works, what it is, uh, and also that his dad won a pile of money at work. Which or uh, was it the at work or was it the? Pro- I think it was at work. Whatever. He won a pile of money. So now they're in Egypt visiting his brother, that is a uh, curse breaker for Gringotts in Egypt which is kind of a badass um, job title, I think. Uh, I know that uh, on some podcasts, if I recall, um, Mike Schubert on uh, Potterless often gave Bill shit because he was just a banker. And th- this is where uh, I would I would disagree there. Uh, I think Curse Breaker and Banker are slightly different, uh, although I think... By the later books, I think Bill does take a desk job in like to be closer to home so that he can join the order. So eventually he does become a banker. But right now, he's a badass curse breaker and like, breaking into tombs and pyramids and shit. And that's awesome. By the way, Mike Schubert does not know I exist. So no shade at all. Uh, I just remember listening to that podcast because I listened to Potterless like, well... Probably all of us. Anyways, uh, so uh, Bill thinks that the sneakoscope that Ron sent Harry is broken because it was lighting up at dinner. And Ron thinks that that's because Fred and George actually put beetles in his soup. But it's actually a big old divination foreshadow to the Scabbers reveal that's going to come up later in this book. It was that seed planted immediately. In Chapter One. Uh, Hermione also gave him a gift. It was a broom servicing kit. Thanks to Hedwig. I don't know at all how Hedwig found Hermione in like Paris or wherever she was. Like how did it know that she was traveling? How did it how did it how did Hedwig know to go to Hermione specifically? I know Hermione says, you know, I think that Hedwig just wanted to make sure you got a birthday present for a change. But, like, I get it. Hedwig's magic and smart and all of that. And I know that owls are, like, super-duper trackers and all of that. You can just put somebody's name on an envelope and they know how to go find them. But, like, I guess I always assumed that that was limited to putting somebody's name on something and telling them to go find them. Harry did not send Hedwig after Hermione. Hermione w- was who knows where. And Hedwig was just like, mm, I think it's almost your birthday. Because I know this shit. And I'm going to go fly to one of your friends. Because I know she's awesome and going to give you a gift. And might have a hard time getting the gift back to you. Because of customs. I, you see where I'm going with this? I don't quite wrap my head around this particular part. It's cute. Hedwig's awesome and all of that, but it, I am having a hard time with the logistics here. Uh, he gets another gift as well from Hagrid, uh, who sends a card and a monster book. Literally, the book is a monster and says that it's going to come in handy. That's not terrifying at all. Uh, and also, like, side note, how does Vernon not wake up while this thing is just going absolutely nuts in Harry's room, in the middle of the night, right down the hall, wakes up to other shit, not this, okay. Harry also got his Hogwarts letter with his school list and permission slip for his guardian to sign so that he can visit the village Hogsmeade and now he just has to figure out how to get the people who hate him almost as much as Voldemort does to sign the permission slip. That shouldn't be a problem, right? No? Okay. Well, that's it. That's literally chapter one. It's basically just a carbon copy of the Chamber of Secrets first chapter that I named the worst chapter of the series. This one is, however, much more pleasant to read, Um. It's just a better execution on the same formula, in my opinion. Harry's sad to be at the Dursleys who hate him. Reminder, in case you didn't read the previous books, of why you should care about that. It's his birthday. He doesn't expect to get anything. Something happens to make Vernon madder at him than usual. Something happens that foreshadows something super important later, and he goes to sleep. That is the first chapter of the past two books. Uh, This is just a, a more enjoyable read. Of the same thing. Which is why... We're gonna get right into chapter 2. One that actually has some shit go down. Aunt Marge's big mistake. Chapter 1 ends with Harry asleep, so chapter 2 starts with... Harry waking up. And we're reminded that Vernon and Dudley are very, very fat. Particularly Dudley, who has an impressive five... Count them. One, two, three, four, five chins at this point. At what, thirteen? That's that's almost that's almost what, three chins per five years. We're getting close there, Dudley. Good job, Dutters, Dutterkins. Well done. Well done on the sweets, sir. I'm I like I'm I'm going on a little bit because It is a bit silly uh, how much of the uh, weight that we put on Vernon and Dudley's weight in the early chapters of every single one of these fucking books uh, that we read in the Harry Potter series. We're just reminded constantly of how much they weigh. Uh, Anyway... It starts to get interesting while the Muggle News is playing, and it's warning about an escaped convict, uh, and we just hear the name Black. Uh, I assume that that's not going to be important at all, uh, so we should probably just forget that it ever happened. And in case you weren't astute enough at the ripe old age of 13 when you read this book the first time... Vernon hits us with hint number two about this prisoner because he also makes a big ass deal that they didn't say what prison he escaped from. Again, probably not important. And now, we're reminded that Petunia is very nosy. That's her thing. The other two are fat, she's very nosy, and they're all awful people. That's... you're up to speed. Okay. So now we learn that someone named Marge is coming to visit, and Harry goes into a really, really unfortunate and sad spiral mentally, recalling how she's basically been bullying him his entire life, and it seems as though she might actually make Vernon look kind-ish. She's... Overly into her bulldogs and physically and emotionally abusive to Harry and she's basically a capital C word Yeah, that about sums it up and Vernon wants Harry to lie about what school he goes to I mean, obviously Harry's not gonna be like, oh, I'm a wizard boy, but uh, Vernon specifically wants to say that he goes to a JDC is the gist Uh, And this is the opening that Harry has been looking for. If Vernon wants Harry to keep his story straight and claim that he goes to a juvenile delinquent center and gets beaten and whatnot that he has to go through during this visit, he wants to get a signature on his Hogsmeade permission slip. His friends are all going to go. He wants to be able to go, too, and that's his bargaining chip seems like it might have legs, uh, but I think we should have known that when Vernon didn't agree immediately and put actually pen to paper and sign it, that it was not actually going to happen. When he said, I will monitor your behavior and sign it afterwards if you are good, blah, 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 you had to know that he wasn't getting that signature. It wasn't going to happen. The question was, what was going to happen to make it not happen? Was it going to be Harry's behavior? Or was it going to be Vernon being a dick? But one way or another, he was not getting that signature. You knew that. I knew that. We all knew that. Even the first time we read this, we knew that. So now Marge shows up. And treats Harry like a doormat, but he gets off fairly easy at first, uh, and then she starts to go on her first rampage of just pure hell. First, she's accusing Harry of having a bad tone and being ungrateful just because he exists, and... He says, she says that he should be beaten more at school and Petunia should specifically write a letter to the school requesting more severe punishments for him because, you know, that's what people do. I guess. Maybe they do. I don't know. I can't imagine sending a child to a corrective school of punishment and asking them to beat the shit out of the kid, like, I I don't know I don't I, how does never mind, I, whatever um, okay so we fast forward a little bit um, and now she's talking shit about how Harry just comes from bad blood uh, and he accidentally makes her wine glass explode in her hand and then it saves that tangent from continuing, thankfully and that's kind of the gist, right? Like, he's he's walking on eggshells, he's trying to be nice, she's awful, and he's just trying to get through it. Uh, which basically sounds like his life with the Dursleys, and this is just the most extreme version of just trying to get through it, man. Uh, and then we get to the last night. And she gets hammered. Just shit-faced. Just... Massively overserved, and she starts going on about bad blood again. Not the show that Kim Coates starred in on Netflix, uh, which I've heard was good, and I didn't watch. Uh, it's on my list. Okay, it's on my list. Maybe it'll end up on the podcast in 2046. I don't know, but uh, she's going on about how he he comes from bad stock, bad uh, bad familial DNA, Uh, and that Petunia's sister was just a bad egg, and Harry was the result of her getting with a basically worthless man and procreating. And by the way, this has all been unprovoked completely. She just enjoys bullying Harry, who's a child. Like, this is supposed to be a grown-ass woman who... Is has lived an entire life of whatever you know, privilege or choices that she has made to get to this point, and she just finds joy in abusing a child for fun. Because, well, she's a capital C word. Alright, so now... I think that... oh, sorry, I, I had gone I went on that tangent and forgot about my little nugget that I actually wrote in my notes when I was writing these. So let me get my one liner in here. Uh, <clears throat> she and Snape would probably get along going out of their way to bully children from a position of authority over them.. Okay. Back to the thing. Through all of this, the Dursleys are just throwing gas on this dumpster fire of a situation, and rather than letting Harry be scarce and leave the family alone, they make sure that he stays involved in every single activity for the sole purpose of being a target for Marge's belligerent behavior. So they brought this on themselves. Shocker. And now here come the fireworks. Marge is still going on about Harry's piece of shit because his parents were pieces of shit. And Vernon tells her that Harry's dad was unemployed. The easiest way to make this worse. Give her more ammo. And Marge takes the liberty. She zeroes in on her target. And she pulls that fucking trigger. To make him sound like the biggest bag of shit that she possibly can. Until Harry snaps back. And then she goes all in on his parents. And starts swelling. A lot. And then she starts inflating, and then she starts floating like a balloon up to the ceiling. She's the fucking Goodyear blimp, and I love the fact that this is how Harry lost control of his magic, manifesting into just sending her skyward and it brings me so much joy i just wish she had ran into a fucking ceiling fan and got shot out in the yard (sighs) anyway here we go vernon wants harry to fix her harry's like nah harry wouldn't i don't even know that he would know how (laughs) to be honest with you uh but he's not doing it anyways and Harry's like okay well that just happened I'm an outlaw now and he holds Vernon at one point which is basically a gun and then just runs away out into the night grabs his shit and goes and to a certain extent there's a little applause playing we're like good for you Harry good for you don't put up with these people's shit anymore And then we're also like, oh, you're 13, just like dragging a gigantic uh, trunk full of magic stuff and a broomstick and stuff. This should go well. But we don't know how it's going to go. Not yet anyways, because that's the end of chapter two how do we do <laughs> uh i these these first ones admittedly aside from the fireworks of uh of of aunt marge like the the these two chapters they they're not super duper uh eventful um with a whole lot to dive into so uh this is a pretty quick episode before we move on though we have to hit some house points which is again going to be kind of short and sweet because we don't have a lot of um, a lot of characters to really divvy these points out to, and I think my uh, outcomes here are going to be pretty predictable. Ron and Hermione are each getting ten apiece for coming through for Harry on his birthday. Way to be good friends. Haggard, he's getting five for also giving him a card, but he's not getting ten because his gift is a textbook. It's not that it's not thoughtful, but this is the same man that got Harry Hedwig for his 11th birthday. Not saying he should have had to top it or anything like that, but that's a high bar. And a school book, particularly with no context of how to stop it from biting his face off, is... mm, We're gonna go with, meh, at best. Harry. Oh, Harry, my boy. You're getting 112 for dealing with the Dursleys, not killing Aunt Marge, and for the uncontrolled frustration magic taking the form of blowing that fucking bitch up. Fantastic. Make it 113. And now I'm obviously going to take some points away. Petunia and Dudley are getting 25. They were just generally kind of shitty. Vernon's losing 100 um, for being overly shitty and Marge is losing a thousand make it ten thousand a hundred thousand, a million, I don't give a shit all the points, she's the worst cool before we go, it's time for Expecto Plot Change-O let's rewrite Harry Potter one small change at a time, the Expecto Plot change question from this couple of chapters is what if Vernon signed the Hogsmeade permission slip before Marge arrived. How could that have possibly changed the events of the chapter? What about the series? Let me know your thoughts. I will share this question with a video on social media, across Instagram and Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok. I'll also post it on Twitter. You can respond with your thoughts on any of those platforms, at Belated Binge, or as a voicemail on my website, belatedbinge.com to be featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast. With that, we have reached the end of this episode of Belated Binge Harry Potter. If you enjoyed it, please follow and subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using right now. And if it supports a rating and review option, please leave one. And I would really, really love it if you have an iPhone. Even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, If you could go over there and give a five-star rating and give a nice review on that platform, that platform, I truly believe, is like the key to this podcast reaching some level of growth. Because the vast majority of my uh, downloads that happen for this podcast are happening on Spotify uh, and then a smattering of other platforms where... G- yeah, so many other podcasters that I know, like Apple Podcasts is the big one for them. And I just can't crack that thing. Uh, so it'd be really, really cool if you all could give me a hand with that uh, and leave a five-star review and, and say something nice about the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And let's see if we can't finally crack that thing a little bit and, and get some... You uh, know, get some new listeners to this thing, uh, and grow the grow the community so that I can do fun stuff like, um, you know, get get some real good discussion going in that free Facebook group that you can join, uh, as well as you know, uh, if uh, if there's uh, I've I've talked about starting a, a Discord for for patrons if I get enough of those, but I would even I would do a Discord for just general listeners. You don't have to pay me for a Discord necessarily. Uh, if there's enough people that would Actually want to participate in it uh, And I think part of that is getting more of you Listening to it Get more, get into more ear holes So if you could give me a hand with that over on Apple Podcasts That could probably help out a lot uh, Speaking of all the the stuff I said There's links in the show notes For um, for that Facebook group that I mentioned As well as for Patreon uh, Which is patreon.com slash belated binge Where all the bonus stuff is happening um, Thanks for listening And for telling all your Potterhead friends How cool they could be If they were also listening to belated binge Harry Potter, no matter how late they are to the party.